This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to the Let's Be Real podcast. I am so excited because my dear friend Navia Robinson is here, guys. I'm so excited to be here. My dear friend Sammy this is, is here, obviously, because it's your podcast. We really <laughs> This has been so long overdue. Yes, it totally has. We've been talking about this for ages, and I'm so glad to finally be here. I was thinking about it, and I met you in 2017. That sounds correct. Uh, and that that time, I had just come back from the UK, and I was filming a show, and I am pretty certain I was speaking to you in what was a British accent. You were British. I was convinced <laughs> you was British, guys. We were all like, I was my first big shoot when I worked with Radio Disney and it was at the Saks Fifth Avenue like oh. grand opening and I met Navia because we were we were the only kids there. Yes. That were like interviewing. And then she was like British. And we <laughs> my mom was there and my brother was there. And I remember us leaving and being like, what was her accent? Is, is she British? So funny to me. I remember quite a few things from that night. Well, first of all, I wanna say I don't understand why I was talking in a British accent because I played an American character on that show. But I was also at a very impressionable age. And so I guess yeah. I just soaked up that accent. I probably liked it a lot because, you know, I was like 11 Who years old. Who doesn't love a British accent? A beautiful accent. And I'm How sure my castmates were like, what is this girl on? Um, I was there for three months. Okay, but an impressionable age. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Much. I'm helping We're you. trying to help me out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm helping you. We also saw, we bonded over seeing Neil Patrick. We, saw, we like were freaking out because totally. how I met your mother. Yes. I just remember bonding over, I mean, already it was quite a strange circumstance because it's a very novel experience. We were at Saks Fifth Avenue working there for like the window unveiling. It was special and we were they so shut young. The day, they, they shut it down yeah. the store that day. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we were so young and it was so overwhelming and surrounded by adults. You as were you overwhelmed are. too? Of course. Okay, good. I was so scared because here you were, you know, you're you're an actress, you've been on TV. I this was coming up on my this is my first real year, like working with them. And I hadn't done anything like that before. You must have made quite the impression. <laughs> this is year one, year two. And this was year year one. Yeah, wow. And you're already that's incredible. I was just like I still have stage fright in a way. And particularly at that age, I think when I started, I, I was like five, six years old. So I had no fears and no insecurities. Yeah, you don't think about it. You just no. do. And then at 11 and then probably until like 15, I was just a mess. <laughs> do you still have stage fright when you act? Yeah, a little bit. I'm getting rid of it because I think you literally have to in order to, you know, be vulnerable or like unfold in front of yeah. a camera. You have to like try to get rid of that anxiety but as you get older and you develop more insecurities and like whatever in your teenage years it's it gets harder I think being filmed during your teenage years while you are going through puberty oh is an experience that so few know yeah but the few people that I know such as yourself that have gone through it it seems like it's been a whirlwind you're so good at this oh, thanks <laughs> Navia oh my goodness I, I need to answer the question but I can't help but um well yes it's so weird. It made me not want to watch the show I was a part of for that period of adolescence. But I think now literally every single person is going through it, maybe in a, you know, just in a different way. We all have social media now and kids have Snapchat and they'll broadcast that to their friends and maybe it's inescapable for them too. So I feel for everyone. I think we're all going this really, I mean, in today's times, it's just, we're so exposed. So yeah. Young. What was it like growing up having so many eyes on you? And the pressures of social media with that. I know you're barely on social media, which we love. We stand. Oh, yeah, my we manager support. doesn't. Just kidding. But my you know what? Mental health is a priority. And yeah. I get that. So what was that like? Because I remember for a minute there in like the 2018, you were really active. Oh my god! And you were, I remember I ran into her. I remember I ran into Navia at BeautyCon. And it was before we became like friends. Mm, yeah. And I remember she was just, I was seeing her just always posting and just on the ground. I was like, how does this girl do? Do it. Um, I love you. I feel like that was a different person. It's hard to even, I mean, that's what you are at 13 or whatever. You're just kind of like a sponge soaking up your environment, what's around you, what other people are doing. And so that really doesn't feel like me so much as it feels like a character that was like an mm. amalgamation of the people around me. So that's kind of my answer on that. I don't know how I was doing it. I, don't, I just don't think I had the self-awareness at the time to like really be introspective. You know, maybe at that time I should have been like, you know, but you're 13. Like, yeah, you, you, you have always been so mature. <laughs> and I am always so just in awe of how, like, we are very similar in that we're, I think we're a lot older than our age mm. and have always been. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's a struggle for people and especially making friends with people our age. I think that's one of the reasons why we connected. Yeah. Is because yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to find people that have the same drive or don't yeah. want to focus on the same things like social media. I mean, yeah. And oh, gosh, that's a good point. I think that is why we connected. And you've always been so good at managing social media and being, yeah. no, but see, it really, I mean, from my perspective, at least like being on it, um, for an appropriate amount of time, but also, I don't know, it just seems like you're well-balanced and f you just traveled to Europe. Can I say that on the pod? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just traveled to Europe by yourself. I mean, that's like a testament to who you are, not just drive, but your own, you know, esteem and confidence within yourself. And I'm, I'm really inspired by it. Thank you so much. Did you for enjoy yourself? That. So it was up and down. Okay. 
Tra- solo travel is not easy, but I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Yeah. Because I was just, we're just overcoming anxiety. Yeah. That's just the goal, yeah. you know? I've been thinking of my life as like three-month increments. Mm. And I'm like, okay, who am I going to be in the next three months? And how can I grow to that person? Oh, that's good. That makes me anxious thinking about it. But that's good. But I mean, it, does that help you? That helps manage your anxiety. It, it helps manage my anxiety because if I think of everything over a year. Right. Oh, sure. But then when I think of it in little increments and— for me, solo travel was something I've really wanted to do, but more so I saw someone, my, some friends do it and I was really inspired by them and I just was prepared. I well researched my area before mm. I went, but I spent like six days in Paris by myself. Wow. Oh, I have so many questions. What are your questions? I just, um, did you meet anybody while you were there? No, I was by myself. Okay. Did was, you, you said it was up and down. What was that? What did that trajectory look like? First day you were up and then maybe. So here's my, here's. Oh, okay. So basically I, the flight was fine. I mm-hmm. get to Paris. My phone isn't working. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shoot. Like, I'm a movie. Oh, it, God. it was. And for those who don't know me, I'm an anxious person. And this was just testing my anxiety. So <laughs> I, my phone wasn't working. I couldn't text. I log into the Wi-Fi of the airport. And then it finally allowed me to log on, but I still couldn't reach. I got a car beforehand because I knew I wouldn't be able to read the airports because it was all in French. Right. So I was very cautious of that. And then, so I couldn't find my driver. Uh, I eventually found him. But Smart, by the way. He didn't, it was, it was weird because I was told that my driver that I, that I got um, had a flat tire. And so this driver was going to bring me to that driver. <sighs> but this driver didn't do that. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm just in a car with this person. Oh my God. Know where I am in France. If you're me, I'm thinking that this is some I, like, I'm thinking big I'm scheme. being kidnapped. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm, I, thinking. I'm thinking I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> I'm thinking all the worst things. My phone isn't working. Yeah. It's 105 degrees when I land. It's that warm. And that it was during like the heat wave. So did it get better? Better from there. Okay. Yeah. So much better from there. <laughs> I, I think so. I have always been very aware of like the mind to body connection. Mm. And how like your mental health, your anxiety, how it can manifest in your bodies physically. But it was so aggressive. It was hard to take control. And because no one else was there, no one could help me snap out of my own mind. Right. So it was a challenge in that respect. But I pushed through it. And it was really good. I made my own perfume. Oh, in Paris. Oh, as you should. I mean, there's no other place in which you should make your own perfume. You it's on you it. right now. Yeah, but you can't okay, smell, smell it. Wore off. After. Yeah, perfumes don't wear on me at all. They, they wear or, off. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, so fast. So fast. I don't know. Yeah, I put some on like two minutes ago. But I, I went to the Eiffel Tower. I went everything there was like all my meals. It sounds very romantic. It was very romantic, but so inexpensive. Well, I'm going. You're going to have so, to let me know. I want to go to Europe. Where now. I wanna... We should go. We should get a group. <gasps> who? Oh, I literally have a friend who's in Paris right now. I'm not going to say their name because they they like to be like, you know. Yeah, down the down low. Down the down low. But, um, and that would be so fun. So you're moving to Atlanta for six months next week. Sammy, I am so happy to see you. It really is like, obviously, it's a pleasure to see your friend who you love and trust and get to have great conversations with. So I, I am busy, but I, I think... I'm kind of like in for a penny and for a pound. If I'm busy, I don't mind being even busier, if that yeah. makes any sense. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I know, because if you're already in it, you're like, I might as well. Yeah, also, you're not like a thing on the to-do list. I'm happy to see you. I'm feeling a lot of things about, I'm from Atlanta, so it's going to be you're weird. You're going back. I'm going back. And I've really, I think in the past year, found my 
place in LA and found my friends and kind of <clears throat> fallen in love with it in a way I didn't think I would. I was like, oh, LA, you know, that's so. You know, we became, we probably became friends this time last year. Yeah. August? Yeah. Yeah. Or July. Summer, yeah. Probably yeah. July. We met in, um, we got like Hollywood? a full catch up lunch after yes. like knowing each other for years and we actually became friends. It was lovely. <laughs> we talked about shows. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we've been like acquaintances, like really warm acquaintances, Acquaint- <laughs> acquaintances, acquaintances. And then we actually became friends like a year ago. Yay. We were in such a different place. We were, yeah. You were in college. Well, at, yeah. Yeah. In college. <laughs> the details. In college, going to school. But honestly, something that's really genuinely like motivates me and inspires me is like how much you're still motivated by school mm. and determined. Oh, wow. Oh. Like it pushes me to be like, you got this. Oh, that's really sweet. First of all, your commitment to both maintaining your career and also, you know, pursuing an academic career has really like been inspiring to me. Um, but also just the fact that you are very thoughtful about your future. So whatever that means, it might not mean complete, you know, whatever it means, you're just super thoughtful about it. And I think I really want to adapt that to my life. So I am currently on the route to, you know, attending a four year, but at the same time, I'm like, I like your Take fluidity. Take semester by semester. Yeah, no, totally. I like your fluidity that you've embraced in your life and managing it. And I think I want to like apply that to my, it's cause I, my philosophy. I've been learning there is a gray area mm-hmm. and I've been, mm. and I struggle with that. Me too. Is I'm like, it has yeah. to be one or the other. It's like, yeah. no, there's this whole gray area. So I'm just taking it semester by semester and seeing what life happens mm-hmm. because also like school's always there. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and I'm learning a lot while I'm there. But on the other hand, if an opportunity would present itself, right. it's always back. It's always there as a backup. Totally. I think that's a perfect way to put it. I mean, yeah, you have to live, your life mm-hmm. and life is unpredictable and to think that we can plan it out step by step is just unreasonable. I'm guilty of it, but I'm I'm trying to step you away try. from that. How does your go ahead, sorry. No, it's just it's hard. Yeah, it is. How does your anxiety manifest? Oh my goodness, so many different ways. Socially, uh-huh. academically. Okay. <laughs> um, what else is there generally? Um <laughs> Like generally. <laughs> generally. It's all it's just it's always there in some type of way. I also have OCD, which makes it mm-hmm. it's just like they Same. feed off each other and it's just not it's not it. I've just been coming to terms with the fact that I may be an anxious person. I really, really deny I mean, this is not diagnosed and I yeah. don't know for sure if I am, but I think I'm realizing that anxiety has a lot of different definitions or at it least it shows manifest. itself in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm super guarded and sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's just a form of being anxious or like definitely have a lot of career academic anxiety. I find myself very much living in the future or living in daydreams to try to like cope with my fear about the present. Oh, same. Is that what that is? Do you do the same thing? I, I do that too. It's, it's really hard, especially I think, the times that we've lived in for the past two and a half years, we've been daydreaming for like the next thing to get out of where we're at. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're finally started at this point, but it's like, we should be also be enjoying where we are. No, but it's so difficult. Is that how your anxiety manifests? Would you say? I think so. I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm also just super sensitive to like overstimulation, which is kind of inevitable right now. Like if you are a young person who's grown up, in the age of the internet and social media, 
you have so much coming at you all the time. Even if, even if you try to mitigate it, like I, I'm barely on Instagram, but still, like if I, you know, being an actor, particularly entertainment should be recreational, but it's also, it's all, I know exactly what yeah, you're talking totally. about. It's studying. When you listen to a podcast, it's, it's studying. You know, I love podcasts. My dad's like, so are you studying? And I'm like, no, I'm just listening. I'm to trying not to. It's hard, but it's hard. And it's hard not to like watch something or see a movie, which I love doing, but at the same time, that's my career. So I get anxious. I'm like, oh gosh, what am I, why am I not doing something like this? How can I do something like this? I like that. My brain just feels like it's always on. And I yeah. think a lot of people experience the same thing. So I don't know what to call it. Is it like, is that anxiety or what is yeah. it? Yeah, I think it manifests in so many different ways. But when you know how a sausage gets made, so to speak, yes. you know the process. Yes. It's so natural for that to be mm. like, I wonder what they did about this. Totally. I like the idea though, like you can't, explain art down to a science no. it's not meant to be it's not it's it's not math it's not you know it's like I think I, I I've been actually considering what I want to study I'm at a crossroads I've always said I wanted to like definitely pursue something like, you know social sciences sociology cultural Philosophy. anthropology yes something like that but then I thought like I mean I do really love movies and I want to get behind the scenes of it one day and so should I be pursuing that I'm like you can do both yeah, there are some curriculums or some programs for sure that allow for Double both. major. Double major. <laughs> major or minor. Yeah, I guess that's probably the answer. But you at the same time- major like, in like film mm -hmm. and then minor in psychology. That's probably the route that I'm going to go. I could, that's- Could you see that for me? That's pretty badass. Okay, we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about other aspects of the industry you might be interested in partaking in and some existential life questions. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone 
employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I could see you doing some producing and directing in the future, too. I think that is... I mean, I'd like the idea of control. Oh, same. That's why I love the idea (laughs) of it, too. So, and I've just been... Yeah, I've been an actress just kind of reading the lines I've been given. Um, I do more than that. I probably shouldn't be that reductive. But in essence, I've just been performing other people's dreams and writings since I was six. And I'm like, okay, I think maybe I want to... I want to do my own thing. Yes. Yeah. And what would that entail? Um, I definitely like the idea of writing. I've always loved writing. Didn't I not tell you to do this like a year ago, (laughs) Navia? I believe we had this exact conversation. I would be like, you know, you'd be really good at like writing or doing something behind the scenes. I'm sure you did because truthfully, and you're going to deny this, you're always a few steps ahead of not just me, but just I feel like you're a very much a big picture thinker. And maybe I, when just, some people aren't ready for it. <laughs> I remember having this conversation. I was like, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Um, yep. yep. Probably definitely have. She's coming around to it, ladies and, and gentlemen. And I'm definitely coming around to it. I think it. I had like an epiphany probably like winter of last year. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't have to wait. <laughs> when we went to the Teen Vogue Summit? Oh my gosh, maybe around that time. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was, was a good day. Fun. That was a long day. That was that was a super long day. But I think you've had an outfit change. I did. My we, God, we we were at we went to the Teen Vogue Summit together. Yes, and it was in December, and I chose to wear a dress. Mm-hmm. 
um, a sundress I should wear. Thank you. But very (laughs) not warm. Um, And so so we went across the street at one point when there was like no speakers or anything. And Urban Outfitters was having a pretty good sale. Mm -hmm, As they do. And I was like, let me get some pants and a shirt. I remember boots. I did get a pair of boots and I love them. Do you still wear them? I haven't this summer. But well, there are boots. They so are it. in storage for okay. my in my dorm room, Good. and we're gonna whip them out this year, okay. and we're just gonna rock them. Good. Ooh, I can't wait to see them again. Those are, I think, one of my favorite pair of boots I bought. Oh, it's not the best when you impul- impulsively buy something and it ends up being like a staple. staple? Yeah, that was crazy. That was great. <laughs> that was a real friendship. That I was think. a real friendship moment right there. I speaking of the Team Vogue summer, this is like shifting gears a little bit, but how do you feel about this generation and the pressure? Of all of beings like civically or um, like politically engaged, because I trust me. I mean, I've always been that way, just instinctually. I to talk with you about this, oh. I love this. So I feel like it's really hard to be our age. Yeah, and I feel like for me, and I know it's different for everybody. The way I feel less helpless is when I do something, mm-hmm. and for me, that's also staying educated. That's figuring out how I can connect with elected officials. That's how I can educate myself more on just our country and the history and the way it treats people and how, what can I do personally? And so I think it's great when other people get involved because I think that we're the generation that's when we come together in large amounts, like we've seen what it can do. Mm -hmm. But I also understand that some people that doesn't interest them and they just want to be a kid. And I feel like we shouldn't force anyone to do to be active if someone it's just personally how I feel. Yeah. I am making an impact or can do something in this crazy fucking Yeah. Place. No, I I agree. I think that um that is totally like how I feel less helpless. Like I I feel physically like I have to. At the same time, I really get frustrated by the rhetoric that comes from older generations that's sort of in line with like, Gen Z's gonna save us. Like it's our responsibility. It's like, we need help. We need help. I think every individual should be engaged some way. And sometimes it can be so small within your own community. But I I mean. There is so much pressure when people have said, uh, multiple people have said to me, you know, you're gonna be the one to fix this. Yeah, like what? You're gonna be the generation. And I'm like, me? <laughs> Little old me? I still haven't gotten my permit. Um, Neither have I. I yeah, failed it. Yeah, it's actually it. a problem. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. I know. I still am nervous to take it a second time, but my brother told me to just suck it up. Yeah, just do it. I'm like, if you I fail, it. I fail. You got it. Exactly. You can always do it again. Here's a question. Are yeah. you more afraid of failure or success? I was Sammy, thinking about this the other day. Do you want like me to tell you my such answer? Such a good question. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm more afraid to succeed than to fail because I feel like if I'm failing, uh-huh. You're only failing if you don't get back up. Mm. But I feel like if you succeed, then I'd be worried of how much there is to lose. <sighs> that's like, This just got deep, but... No, Sammy, that's like such a good question. Like, I'm going to start asking other people that and then giving you credit question. Um, I'm totally just so afraid of failure. So I think it would be disingenuous for me to say anything else. However, I've never considered fully being fearful of success. I even bringing it back to the Teen Folk Summit, am terrified of the amount of attention some people receive. We talked about And this. that you might receive as, so prime example, Olivia Rodrigo, really just cool personal round performed there. And just seeing the amount of people who were invested in her and her performance, what she was wearing and everything, made me it anxious made and I'm not even so her. uncomfortable. 
there were people like, I want to see what she's wearing. Yes. And I want these grown men. People. These were grown men. Older than her. Older, way older. Yes. And I told, and I remember it was just disconcerting how many people cared so much about her personal life. Yes. And I think that's a real issue that's happening. And yes. we see this like, you shouldn't put anybody on a pedestal. It's dehumanizing to do that to anybody. Like what people don't get is these are just teenagers. Yes. Even if you're, you could be praising them. I think praising somebody excessively and like, you know, whatever, um, what's the word, berating them excessively is totally coming from the same place. It's Harmful dehumanizing. In both ways. Yes. Yes. And I saw that happen with her and I was just like, gosh, I feel for her because ultimately she's just a human being like we all are. And in that way, I'm totally fearful of success that like that version of it, mm. that concentrated and people knowing of everything success. about you, yes caring about you being invested in your life and your decisions that is terrifying to me but yeah. um it's, it's also comes with a lot of privilege you know it but. is interesting but so many people our age want that yeah it's interesting just seeing how many people want their goal their end goal is fame yeah but not what they're doing mm -hmm. or their journey. Mm -hmm. I want this, but I think that's particular. I mean, maybe it happened and started and maybe like, if I could guess like nineties, early two thousands, you had MTV, you had just more um, kind of intimate entertainment about celebrities lives. So maybe that sort of craze started then of like people wanting not just to be an actress or a singer, but wanting to be famous. So maybe that's where it started, but I think it's even more intense now within this generation. And I think that's bad. <laughs> I think some of the people that started are like the Paris Hilton and the Kim Kardashian, where <laughs> though I think they've become incredible like businesswomen and yeah. doing great things at the time, they became famous for not doing that. Right. For just, they became famous for being famous. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the craze started. Totally. And it's even more intense now. And, and to some degree, I get it. You want to be important. It mm -hmm. hurts to be alive and feel, or I, I imagine it would hurt to be alive and feel like you hadn't left mark. And yeah. I totally, I mean, in speaking of, you know, fear of failure, that's where it comes from for me. It's like, I want to make the most out of this life. Like I've got to do something with the time I have. And so I think it's maybe those people who strive for fame where we just have the same fear, which is a failure and wanting to be important. So I get it. But um, it's I think- It's all compensating for something. Yeah, totally. I get it. But I think we all need to like shift our, our values. And I say this, you know, to myself as well, to not- success or whatever people's definition of that is, but just um, pride within oneself and, mm. and the actions that you're taking. I've been defining success lately as contentness. Mm, totally. And me being happy with that mm -hmm. and not about the numbers mm -hmm. because as soon as I go down that, boy, do I not go down well. Comparison? Oh, Sammy, <laughs> do you do the same thing? Just like compare your... I, I, comparison, I don't look at numbers for the podcast. Okay. I, if one person's listening, that's all I care about. Mm, yeah. 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 I think that you're totally right. I mean, I'm just so bad when it comes to comparing and like but just being so too affected natural, by the outside world. It's, yes, it's human I nature. I do it all the time. Yeah. And I think, have you noticed that when I'm, when I'm on, at least when I'm on social media, I do it less. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, wow, social media is great to not be on. Yes. No, exactly. Like that's what I, for most of the time I have Instagram deleted off my phone, I'm not like an angel though. I totally re-download and like go check somebody's story. But otherwise I like to keep it off because if I'm not reminded of, um, it's not even particular people. It's just the world at large. I can focus on myself and, and what I want to accomplish in my own self-esteem, but it's incredibly difficult. So I guess I would just encourage everybody to do what they can to, to detach a little bit. 
And I will say that was one of the really good things about solo travel for me is it gave me a lot of time to think mm-hmm. and thinking like, where do I want to go? What do I want it? What are my intentions? What do I hope to put out? Right. You know, and you sort of have to force yourself to be with yourself. Exactly. And I wish I would have done that earlier. Wherever you go, there you are. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and when I first heard that, it terrified the shit out of me because yeah. I was like, fuck, I should probably really learn to like being with myself if I'm stuck with myself. It's, so that's what the journey is. It's so funny you say that. Gosh, that's... <sighs> quotes like that are ringing more and more true as I get older. Just like the quintessential stuff you heard when you were younger. Where you're like, eh, whatever. The words you know. have meaning now. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> just like treat yourself the way you want to be treated. Just all this stuff. It's like, oh, wow. It's so hard. It's true. Too. It's incredibly hard. Um, but it's all ringing very true. Yeah, wherever you go, there you are. So you have to focus your energy and resources and your time not scrolling through your feed. I get the instinct, but instead focusing it on yourself and how you can be a better person. And I just realized you could swear on the pod. Yeah, you can. And I think that's great. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime. We have to take one more quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to talk more about your love of acting and your new amazing role in Gotham Knights. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts danielle moody here host of the woke af daily podcast we've been with iheart's outspoken network for a year and what a year it has been Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. One of the things that I'm curious about, is there a struggle with being an actor? You're going to someone else's mind and you're drawing another character and creating another person, essentially. But when you're also working on yourself, mm-hmm. is that ever difficult when you're working on someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's such a good question. Sam, you're so good. Thank you. Um, yes, I know. So to be honest, my work thus far has been pretty simple in that when you are young, you are usually cast because of your essence and not because you're being asked to play some sort of like transformative character. So I really haven't had that experience of having to do like some like deep psychological work. I'm excited for it and look forward to that, but I haven't had that yet. Going into this new job that I'm doing, it'll be different. I think I'll have to do more character work and I am and I'm excited about that. But I think you kind of find yourself through characters, maybe. Ooh. I don't think they're entirely separate. Um, I think you kind of you can just kind of things. unravel and unfold. And I think that's why I gravitate towards acting. I think I've always felt conflicted about who I am. And that's partly because of age, but it's also because, as I said, I think I'm, I don't know if impressionable is the word, but I really soak up my environment. And so when I was younger, it was my four brothers and just kind of becoming them and reflecting their personalities. Um, and so I've always felt like I don't know exactly who I am. And maybe that's why I like acting because I can like, you can try uh, on different once, roles. No, exactly. And for once that becomes a benefit and not something I dislike about myself. The idea that I can be a ton of people or that I hold a bunch of um, perspectives in my mind is actually a benefit to me in acting. So for me, I feel like it's just pulling from like all the all the little parts of me right now. That's that's so beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> that's also like a working theory. So no, we'll see if that changes. But you know what? Like that's life. And be easy on yourself because you are still a teenager. Mm-hmm. 
Of course, you're, you're, you're about to not be soon. Ain't no, when this airs, I'll be 20. What the? I didn't, I was hesitant to bring it up, but I feel like you're so ready for 20. I feel like when I first met you, you were already like settling down. <laughs> I've always ready to, I've always been ready to not be a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as it started, I was like, nah, this isn't for not me. For me. <laughs> so I'm hoping 20s is great. Oh, I think it will be. I've, I mean, that's all you hear from people that either actually. I've heard so 20s. Always teens suck. Yes. And then 30s are thriving. Yes. Thank I'm you. So that's what I've heard. My, my parents 30s. are like, my, their 30s were their favorite decade. And that's an extreme comfort to me. Because it's like your 20s, but with more money. Exactly. More money, resources, and you know yourself. Exactly. I, I like that. Sammy, I can't wait until <laughs> we're in our 30s. I wonder what's going to be like. Oh, I think it'll be great. I think we'll be like just having these same conversations, except maybe with a little more wisdom and perspective. Mm, I love that. I want to talk about your show real quick because (laughs) I am so proud of you. You were, I mean, God, I really just love you and I'm grateful for you because you were there for me. I, there was a year of um, unemployment and you were there of course, (laughs) to believe in me and really um, encourage me to kind of take my life into my own hands. And it's great that I am just now picking up on that. (laughs) But look look what's happened. (laughs) Look what's happened. So Gotham Knights. Yes. I saw the trailer. I haven't even watched the whole thing because I can't. Why? Um, I've used this word a lot this episode, so excuse me, but yeah, it makes me anxious. You know what? I was like, I did not expect the twists and turns. Mm-hmm. I'm so now I'm really, I'm very excited to watch it because I was like, oh shit, didn't expect that. Oh, I was just shit. in the trailer. I really, oh God, I hope you like it. You know, it's hard. Like I, it's, you, there's so much pressure, especially within like the DC comic book community. And, um, especially with me, I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to speak about this, but like, I'm playing a character that's adapted from the comics, from the comic books called Carrie Kelly, who was depicted white Mm. in the comics. And I am not. Newsflash. Um, Really? Yeah, I don't know. Did you know that? Um, So... It's just been hard because the first thing, when I was researching my character after I found out I got the role, the first thing that shows up, because Deadline had already done like a press release that this news was out there on YouTube, was some random video from like this old guy. Gotham Knights will be a woke disaster. My face on the thumbnail. Ew. And I was like, oh, great. That's a reminder of like, that's still where we are, that I can just be born um, and have a particular pigment and whatever, particular ethnic makeup. And I am representative of a woke disaster. But that doesn't make any sense to me because it's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit but also like your talent will just show. I hope so. Like, that's all you can do. All you can do is do your best. Thanks. And be what you think this character is. I think that's the direction we want to move into, right? Where where people are being, I mean... It shouldn't uh, even have to be commented. Yeah, I mean, right. It's just like... Why does it matter? It's about the essence of somebody, you know? Why does it matter what their skin color is? Don't worry, whoever made that video and who's all the people who are disappointed in the casting. There are a lot of other, like, white people on the show, so... (laughs) It's fine. I promise they're there. (laughs) You've got your representation, I promise. (laughs) I promise there's enough representation for everybody. Like, trust me, Mr. Gotham Knights will be a woke disaster. I get the desire to have representation, but you have it. It's there in the show. You have it. And you know what? And now brown and yeah, brown people can have maybe. I mean, I don't like to put myself on that pedestal, but but I I think everybody deserves obviously to be represented. I mean, that's what we want out of entertainment. So just relax it, you can and believe, let people you, have their time. You see it, you can be it. See it, you can be it. Yes, exactly. And think of the impact that that can have on people that will see you on the screen. I yeah, I mean, that makes me again makes me anxious. And I and I don't want to put myself on that pedestal. I I feel like we're in a time where there are so many great examples of, of people of color represented within film and TV to look at. And so, um, 
uh, yeah, I, I, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I know you don't think yourself. I think you're, who cares, like, what your skin color is. I think you're just an incredibly talented person. Hey. And I am so excited for this next chapter and see what it's going to just unravel for you because, you. y'all, the world's about to see Navia Robbins. Oh. <laughs> Get ready. Hopefully they like her. I don't know. We'll see. I was... You know, I've never been very like caught into trailers, and that trailer was really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that means I highly recommend you watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm. You know, I'm a fan of the show. Like, I read the first the pilot. Um, I got to read it before I, I, you know, took the role, whatever. And I, I was a fan of it. I was like, oh gosh, they did Natalie James. Um, to have these writers, they just did a good job. It's fun. It's It's really fun. fun. And the second episode. I just read it. It's really fun. And I'm just like, oh God, like, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of something that I consider pretty kick-ass. And um, I have so many ambitions as, as an actress and, and this is one of them. And I'm, I'm excited I get to fulfill this at such a young age. So thank you for, for being supportive of it. Of course. I, all I want is my friend's approval. <laughs> I really mean it. I, no, I will always be here to support. <laughs> always. Thank you. I'll always be here to support you. I'm a fan of yours and I'm grateful for you. Love you. You're just really an inspiration to me. I hope you don't take that as saccharine. And I can't wait to see where you go next. I can't wait to be in our 30s together, reflecting on reflecting how our on 20s went. Reflecting on the first went. podcast. Yeah, how our teens went. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what this will look like for you the Thanks. next six months. Hopefully I'll get to visit you in Atlanta. Yes, please. We'll FaceTime also and just we catch will. up. And Thank goodness for FaceTime. We Thank goodness for FaceTime. We can't let six months go by. No, we can't. <laughs> we will. Oh, but, I'm sad this conversation's ending. I know. We'll but, do it again. We'll do it again. And just thank you for again for just taking the time. I know. With everything you have going on in your life. And I appreciate you just always being there for me and be, having you as a friend. I'm very grateful. It's a lovely way to spend it. Thank you so much, Sammy. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.